Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show. The phone number, if you'd like to be on the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. I want to, out of the gate, uh, finish off this conversation with David on COVID. David, welcome to the program. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Great. How much time? Not bad, not bad. Hey, I've got one question on some of the data that they should be collecting, and I'm kind of curious on all the, the more recent COVID cases that are coming out. Have they got numbers on whoever's getting it, if they've previously had COVID or previously vaccinated, previously unvaccinated with COVID? Have they, are they separating those numbers out? Do they have uh, good data? Some states are. Uh, there, there's not a uniform standard in some states. Are. Vermont, for example, is doing so. And it is right now in Vermont, you've got a fair number of vaccinated people who are getting COVID, who never had COVID before. They are not being hospitalized. Uh, The people who are being hospitalized in Vermont are people who are unvaccinated, and this is their first time having COVID. They're the ones being hospitalized. Uh, But not every state has that sort of division. Some of these breakthrough cases of the new Delta variant, uh, what I'm wondering is kind of what would be more effective, prior COVID with antibodies or the vaccine? Yeah, and you know, there have been a couple of research studies on that, and like the Canada has one and Israel has one, and a lot of people who are um, uh, pro-natural immunity cite the Israeli study. The Canadian study shows almost the exact opposite. Uh, I, so I've avoided that topic because I don't think it's very conclusive, although what is very conclusive is that if you've had COVID and gotten one round of the vaccine, you are the least likely person on planet Earth to get a second round of COVID. It can happen, but those are the rarest ones. Um, and I think we gotta we got to be mindful of that. And I wonder if we're going to get to the point where, in all honesty, everyone eventually gets COVID. I've wondered about that. Um, I will tell you, I've, I've got the three shots. Um, I am, I got the, the two rounds of Moderna and then I got the booster shot. Moderna appears to be the most effective, uh, but actually has a higher risk of, of mild myocarditis, the heart inflammation and not fatal, but, um, more likely people get it. I did not uh, have it in any circumstance. Uh, but I do wonder if at some point, even the people who are, boosted are going to get it or do we just go through the boost every year i I don't know um and they don't know that's part of the problem here is is, uh, there's a lot of guessing out there and not a lot of humility not a lot of humility i need to move on though i hope whoever you are regardless of your partisan views that you will listen to this justin gray is a reporter at wsb television in atlanta georgia His WSB television is uh, also within uh, Cox Media Group, parent company of my flagship station, WSB Radio. And I want to read you part of his reporting. Thousands of patient medical records, scans like x-rays and MRIs, were discovered locked in a cabinet this month at the Atlanta VA Medical Center. We are talking about 1,200 CDs with as many as 6,000 patient scans. Many of these were never uploaded to patient files, a VA insider tells WSB Television's investigative reporter Justin Gray. Gray obtained a series of spreadsheets from a VA source that are from the Atlanta VA's internal review 
from the spreadsheets, WSB Television found that the CDs contained thousands of scans like MRI, CTs, and X-rays sent by outside doctors and hospitals back to the VA. Some of the scans are recent. Others date back several years. James Yarbrough in October could not get the VA to pay his community care provider to refill a morphine pump that controls the pain in his back. Gray showed James Yarbrough these spreadsheets. Yarbrough uh, has previously appeared on WSB-TV as part of the investigation into the VA, and he was not surprised. Word of these CDs came just two months after WSB television, and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution showed pictures of 10 pallets of unopened and unprocessed mail, some stacked 10 feet high, left in a VA basement for months. This is the Veterans Administration in Atlanta. This comes at the same time as an Inspector General report. This is from UPI. The Inspector General for the Department of Veterans Affairs and Advocates for Veterans Groups Wednesday highlighted systemic failures and how the VA handles military sexual trauma claims. Studies suggest that as many as one in three female U.S. service members are sexually assaulted. Despite the scale of the problem, however, survivors face systemic barriers in getting benefits for military sexual trauma-related post-traumatic stress disorder, witnesses told a House Veterans Affairs Joint Subcommittee Wednesday. A 2018 report by the VA's Office of the Inspector General found that half of the military sexual trauma-related claims denied by the Veterans Benefits Administration weren't properly processed. Beth Murphy, Executive Director of the Veterans Benefits Administration's Compensation Service, told lawmakers the mistakes in processing these claims were procedural errors, and the fact that a claim wasn't processed properly doesn't mean it was wrongly denied. Why do we keep having stories about the failures of the VA? Why do we keep having stories about the failures of the Veterans Administration? I have a proposition for you. I think it is time to abolish the Department of Veterans Affairs. I think it is time to abolish the Department of Veterans Affairs. I believe it was Ronald Reagan who pulled the VA out of the Defense Department and created a new cabinet-level position to oversee the affairs of our veterans. I think it's time to put it back in the Pentagon. And then I think it's time to shut down every VA hospital in America. Shut them all down. Get rid of all of them. If those doctors want to go into private practice, go into private practice. What would we then do with, VA, with, with veterans and their health care? We would let veterans go to any doctor on planet Earth they wish to see, and we would cover their bills. Let them go to the very best, not be reliant on some of the worst. Now, let's be clear. There are some very good doctors in the VA, but the VA as a system is a disservice to those who risk their lives to keep our country safe. The VA is a disaster 
a bureaucratic nightmare. We should get rid of it. We should tear down the building. We should pour salt over the building's remains so nothing grows there again in Washington, D.C. as a reminder to the failures of the bureaucracy towards those who put their lives on the line for us. And then we should move that department, gutted and scaled back into the Department of Defense where their entire job is to get the bills from the doctors that our veterans see and write a check, pay them. Let our service members go to the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, wherever they want to go, and we pay it. And if there's waste, fraud, and abuse, we go after the doctors who ripped off the federal government for charging too much. But we should not have our veterans have to wait all day for basic services at the VA. We should not have them ignored when they have trauma from sexual abuse within the military. We should not have to have them wait for dialysis or insulin or morphine or chemotherapy. They served the country. They kept the country safe. The Veterans Affairs Department is a humiliation for our soldiers, sailors, and Marines, and others who served in the military. I just, I, this is appalling. This is appalling. I, this, is, this is one VA hospital in Atlanta, the Atlanta VA Medical Center, where 6,000 patient scans never even made it into their medical records by the outside doctors who perform the CTs, the MRIs, and the X-rays. How can they get good care if the VA doctors don't have those scans? How can they get good care? They can't. They get an X-ray ordered, they get the X-ray done, and it never makes it into the file. How, how are you going to get them care? All veterans in this country should have the right to go to whichever doctor they want to go to. Let them pick. Now, the government doesn't want us to do this because the government says that the VA is the model for healthcare in this country, for government-run healthcare, and that it's good, it's better, it's best, it, it, it's working. This is absurd. This is absurd. This is shameful. We must do better. We should allow them to have the best and we should allow them to decide who is the best, not have the government decide for them. This is good work from the local media, by the way, in Atlanta, from WSB in Atlanta and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. They deserve combination for finding this. And local news outlets around the country continue to generate stories like this of failures of the VA across the nation. How are we, a nation, treating our veterans so terribly? It's a damning indictment on the whole bureaucracy of Washington, D.C. and the Congress itself for allowing the system to fester. On this particular issue, let's go to Ron. Calling from Pinehurst. Ron, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, uh, hey uh, I was li listening to, to you here, and uh, I am an Army, Brad. I was born at, uh, at, Wo at Womack over in Fort Bragg. But anyway, I mean, why not, why not let uh, con Congress, I mean, they get free health care from us. Uh, uh, let, uh, let, uh, let them go through the VA hospital and, and all that. 
You know, that's a great idea. Make the make the congressman go through the VA hospital so they can see what it's like. Heck yeah! I mean, and then the the servicemen can get their golden policies where everything is free and clear. And you know, Congress hasn't done a whole lot for America or Americans. You know, where the the vets have. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right. Um, that that that's that's a great idea. Make make Congress use that system so they experience it first. Of course, you know they they would get they go to Walter Reed in Washington, and they Walter Reed's great facility in Washington, and that's where they would go, and so they would think, oh, man, all of our veterans are getting Walter Reed style care. This is a great system. No, Walter Reed is the exception. It's not the rule. This is horrific. We've done a disservice. We should tear down the VA, put it back inside the Pentagon, make the Department of Defense maintain responsibility for our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and the like, even after they're out of the service. Be accountable. It's just this is horrific stuff. Now, we're moving to other horrors when we come back. Public schools. Wait until you hear what has been uncovered. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Stay on the line. Be patient with me. I got to tell you guys about this. Abigail Shire Shire has this story up. Uh, Leaked documents and audio from the California Teachers Association Conference reveal efforts to subvert parents on gender identity and sexual orientation. Last month, the California Teachers Association held a conference advising teachers on best practices for subverting parents, conservative communities, and school principals on the issues of gender identity and sexual orientation. Speakers went so far as to tout their surveillance of students' Google searches, internet activity, and hallway conversations in order to target sixth graders for personal invitations to LGBTQ clubs while actively concealing these clubs' membership roles from participating parents. Documents and audio files recently sent to me and authenticated by three conference participants permitted a rare insight into the California Teachers Association's sold-out event in Palm Springs held at the end of October. The 2021 LGBTQ Plus Issues Conference Beyond the Binary Identity and Imaging Possibilities Imagining Possibilities provided best practices workshops that encouraged teachers to, quote, have the courage to create a safe environment that fosters bravery to explore sexual orientation, gender identity, and expression. Several of the workshops advised teachers on the creation of middle school uh, alphabet gang clubs, commonly known as the Gay Straight Alliance. One workshop, Queering in the Middle, focused on how practices have worked for successful middle school groups and children at this age developmentally. But what makes for a successful gay rights middle school club? What to do about meddlesome parents who don't want their middle schoolers participating? What if parents ask a club leader if their child is a member? Because we're not official, we have no club rosters. We keep no records, Buena Vista Middle School teacher and LGBTQ club leader Lori Caldera said on audio clips. 
In fact, sometimes we don't really want to keep records because if parents get upset that their kids are coming, we're like, yeah, I don't know, maybe they came. You know, we would never want a kid to get in trouble for attending if their parents are upset. The advice to those who run middle school LGBTQ clubs is keep no records so you can plead ignorance of the membership with the member's parents. In fact, middle school teacher Kelly Baraki can be heard in some sessions describing having named her club the Equity Club and then UBU rather than more ubiquitous gay-straight alliance. Caldera and Baraki, both middle school teachers, led a workshop titled How We Run Them. The audio leaked described challenges and how to keep things secret and how to overhear the kids and spy on the kids so they know. And in another setting, cartoons have been published by a teacher's group to teach kids how to delete their internet searches. In case they're looking for porn or sexually explicit materials, they're curious online and they're circulating them to middle school kids so that the middle school kids know how to delete their search history. And in fact, they were encouraged by one group to uh, reach out to something called the Trevor Project or Trevor Alliance and that if they went through a particular website, it would then, if they logged off, delete their search history on their browser so their parents would have no idea. Wow. Unbelievable. Oh, but there's more. And I want to take your phone calls as well on it when we come back. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Billy, you are going to be up next on the program. Welcome to the show. Hello? Billy? Hi there. Hey, Eric. Big fan of yours. Um, so I heard your spiel on the um, Atlanta VA uh, hospital earlier. Yeah. And I just want to let you know you couldn't be more correct about it. I um, was a private contractor there working on a construction project, and uh, – Working in there, it was just you see so many things wrong with the system. But the big problem with the Atlanta VA is um, self-accountability for the individual employees who work there. No one, There's so much red tape, and no one wants to be accountable for anything because they're more uh, concerned with keeping their job than they, and getting that pension at the end of it than they are um, producing progress within the system. You know, There was times where um, we were having to get things done with our construction project, and we were they were nine months, 10, 11 months behind on getting us answers that are crucial to keep things uh, running efficiently on the project, so much to the extent that when we got 50% through with, um, in the project, they ended up canceling us midway through because they didn't have enough people to help us um, get answers, you know, RFIs and change orders and stuff like that, which are unforeseen in a uh, construction project. So by doing that, they have to put the pro- that whole floor on hold and nobody can use it for it until they rebid it out for a year and a day afterwards for another company to come in and finish what we started because of their failures uh, on manpower. Good grief. It's, just, it's so bad at the Atlanta VA that people don't understand until you're in there, you know, from like, it's, it's terrible. You know, we worked a lot of work in the uh, behavioral health unit where our veterans go to get help with the PTSD and the things that they've seen in combat. And, um, you know, you, and, and there was a time where I realized you'll never see a VA employee run because there was one time, you know, you see patients face down on the floor motionless and the VA staff are taking their sweet time walking over to them because they don't want to slip and fall because, God forbid, the VA had a lawsuit, you know, and stuff like that. 
so the in, the individual um, accountability it's 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 so much more important to everyone there it seems than the overall grand scale of accomplishing progress. That's just it, it's sad to hear. And you know there was that story. I think it was in uh, I now gosh I wanted to say Dublin, George, but maybe not there. There was somewhere in the southeast at a VA hospital, a guy in the waiting room died in the waiting room, and they didn't even mm-hmm. notice. Um, and he, yeah, his body, it's absolutely terrible. It's, it's awful. And I can't believe we do this and I can't believe Congress I mean, on a bipartisan basis won't fix it. Absolutely. There was somebody that recently died in the VA because they got bit by ants, um, while they were laying in their hospital bed and it became a big lawsuit. Um, as a contractor it working, uh, going to the job site, going through the basement, just littered with, it would be littered with cockroaches. Um, and it's, it's nobody cared to nobody nobody cares about any anything it seems besides themselves and the pension in the long run so you it's know at the end of the day awful. i think they need to just get rid of the va dissolve it and allow our veterans to go to quality uh private health care systems and the, the va can negotiate the payment like similar to insurance right you know? yeah to so, medicare medicaid God something like that yeah, amen to that. Listen, Absolutely. thank you, Billy, very much for calling in. I appreciate that. It just it's 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 awful that the people who are willing to risk their lives for this nation, who signed up, were called to serve, that they are treated that way. It's just terrible. Um, I, so I, I I gotta let's see. Da, 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 um, I just I'm, I'm I'm getting emails from listeners right now who all have stories um, about the the VA. It's just it, it's it's awful. Um, the, the the problems are, are horrific. Uh, there, there there's no accountability. Uh, from from one listener right now says uh, retired from the U.S. Air Force in 2010 after 22 years. It took a total of three years and a letter from the office of of Johnny Isaacson, uh, the U.S. Senator, to get the VA to process a disability claim. All of these stories are just pouring in. My gosh, it's horrific. Uh, a buddy of mine is texting me and, and saying he just, he j- having just left the VA, <laughs> listening to me on the program, he concurs. Yeah, it's it's not a good system and that Congress won't do anything. And you know, by the way, I should note, there is a reason, and I hate to make it partisan, but there is truthfully one of the reasons that they're in this situation is because a lot of Democrats don't want to acknowledge the failures of the VA. And there is a constituency out there, a vocal constituency to defend the VA. And a lot of Democrats want universal government-run health care so they can't let the VA fail, even though the VA is failing. It's, they can't acknowledge it because it might turn people off to the government running everybody's health care. Marcus, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Marcus. Thank you. Sure. Hey, yes. What's going on? Hey, this is Marcus. I'm calling from uh, Atlanta. There's also a failure when it comes to VA, when it comes to, and I'm a 100% disabled veteran, but the voc rehab or the educational benefits that veterans are supposed to get, uh, many of the veterans are entitled, 
but we can't get counselors to call us back or return our emails. I've been trying for months, and the Atlanta VA, I was connected to the VA in Connecticut. Uh, the Atlanta VA is probably the worst that I've ever seen. So there's also um, there's also a dilemma when it comes to disabled veterans getting their benefits, not just medical benefits, but also their educational benefits. And I wish someone would look into that also. Yeah, the problem, I mean, talk, talk about systemic problems. The, the left seems to be focused so much on systemic racism, and we got systemic failures in, in the VA and the rest of government dealing with stuff like this. It's awful. Uh, I want to actually get back into some of the failures in education as well because, you know, these are government-run programs. Education and the the VA, they, they are government-run programs. And I want you to hear this. This is from... Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt is Missouri's attorney general. He's running for the Senate. I want to read you this thread of his. The effort to indoctrinate our kids through the divisive lens of critical race theories happening in the heartland. Springfield, Missouri public schools have been caught red-handed and are now refusing to provide the documents we've requested. So I have filed a lawsuit. According to our lawsuit, in one training, Springfield Public Schools teachers were instructed to consult an oppression matrix and determine where they fall in the matrix. Let me let me read for you this oppression matrix. It's got across the top blocks. It says type of oppression, privileged social group, border social group, oppressed social group, and school identity category. And racism. If you're a white, you're in the privileged group. If you're biracial, you're in the border social group. If you're Asian, black, Latino, or native peoples, you're in the oppressed social group. And the social identity is race. Sexism. If you are a male assigned at birth, you are privileged. If you're an intersex person, you're a border social group. If you're a female assigned at birth, you're oppressed. Transgender oppression. Cisgendered people, that is, people who conform to their gender are oppressors. Heterosexism, if you're straight, you're an oppressor. Classism, if you're rich upper class, you're the oppressor. Ableism, if you're able-bodied, you're the oppressor. Religious oppression, if you're Protestant, you're the oppressor. If you're Roman Catholic, you're a border social group, meaning it can go either way. If you're Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, or Sikh, you're oppressed. Ageism, if you're adults, you're privileged. If you're an old person or a young person, you're oppressed. So let's see here. Uh, the oppression matrix. I am white. I'm a male at signed at birth who conforms to my gender, who is heterosexual, who is upper income, who is able-bodied Protestant adult. Oh my gosh. I got an A plus in the oppression matrix. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> I am the most oppressive person on planet Earth, apparently. I, 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 this, this makes my day. Additionally, at the Springfield, Missouri Public Schools, teachers were presented with two images that classify education funding from property tax as, among other things, covert white supremacy. Overt white supremacy is lynchings, hate crimes, blackface, use of the N-word, swat stickers, neo-Nazis, burning crosses, KKK, racist jokes, and racial slurs. Covert white supremacy is calling the police on black people, education funding from property taxes, cultural appropriation, mass incarceration, 
uh, dressing up as a black person as a Halloween costume, prioritizing white verses as experts, white expert, white voices as experts, not believing the experiences of uh, BIPOC, uh, black, indigenous, and people of color. English-only initiatives, colorblindness, white savior complex, the school-to-prison pipeline, saying that all lives matter is covert white supremacy. White silence, blaming the victim, Eurocentric curriculum. That's all white supremacy. Oh, my gosh. Understanding white supremacy overt white supremacy and then the covert white supremacy there's man there is some some let's see um police or covert white supremacy make america great again according to the the springfield missouri school system is covert white supremacy denying your privilege is white supremacy celebrating columbus day is white supremacy saying something was a joke is white supremacy Good gracious. Oh, if you have anti-immigration policies, it's white supremacy. In December 2020, this back to Eric Schmidt. In December 2020, the Springfield Public School System reported that it required senior leaders to participate in a one-day training from the Facing Racism Institute. According to the school, one of Facing Racism Institute's training objectives is to introduce the components of critical race theory. More than 3,500 staff members participated in the mandatory training. The presentation included a discussion of white supremacy, which is described as a culture which positions white people as all associated whiteness, as ideal. The presentation contained examples of covert white supremacy, education funding from property taxes is white supremacy, saying that all lives matter is white supremacy saying that make America great again is white supremacy. Celebrating Columbus Day is white supremacy. In another training, the school system identified additional racist statements as people are just people, I don't see color, and America is the land of opportunity as racist. It also identified color blindness as covert white supremacy. So Martin Luther King was a white supremacist because Martin Luther King said that we should be judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin. Martin Luther King Jr. now is a white supremacist. And by the way, this is Springfield, Missouri. This is the Attorney General of Missouri pointing this out, but this is across the nation. What the left wants to say is, well, we're not teaching critical theory in school. Actually, what you're doing is you're teaching the teachers how to apply it in school. It's foundational. Nobody has a class in critical race theory in schools. What they do is they use it as a framework for teaching everything else. Public school systems in this country are going insane. Now, here's another one. This is out of critical theory and back to the other. Parents are suing a Wisconsin school district for letting a girl socially transition against their wishes. A Wisconsin school district allegedly concealed information regarding the children's gender identity from parents. A 12-year-old girl was pulled from the public school system after the district began a social transition, which the complaint says involved presenting to others as the opposite sex, primarily by adopting a new name and pronouns against the parents' expressed wishes. The Alliance Defending Freedom has taken up this case. The Kettle Moraine School District has a policy allowing minor students to socially transition to a different gender identity at school without the parents' consent 
even over the parents' objection and with the, no knowledge of the parents. The parents of the 12-year-old girl chose not to have her transition and inform the guidance counselor, and they went ahead and did it anyway at the school because the school decided they knew best. The parents have filed a lawsuit. When our public school systems become tools of indoctrination instead of tools of education, it's time to shut them down and allow the parents a choice. They have become across the board instruments of indoctrination, and the public school systems need to be shut down. It's awful. Now, I'll tell you what else is awful, our supply chain crisis, and it is having an impact. Uh, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to, to sell you guys the Eden Pure Gin 40 heater because they are limited in their supplies. So if you want one, you need to get one as quick as you can. Uh, if you don't know what the Gin 40 is from Eden Pure, it is a heater cooler. It's got a fan built in with a strong heating element. It very efficiently can help you warm up a 1,000 square feet inside. Now, I use it on the front porch, to be honest with you. It's actually for inside, but it'll work. It'll it'll um, keep somebody in some warm air going uh, outside as long as it's not super cold. I love it. Uh, you should give it a try. It definitely will help you save some money on your power bills, heating up a, a room very efficiently. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. And you'll see my name on the front page, Eric Erickson. You click through, you'll see the Gin 40. Put it in your cart at checkout. You use the discount code Eric Heater, E-R-I-C-K, Heater. You will get $20 off their lowest sale price, and you will get free shipping from Eden Pure on this. The website is EdenPureDeals.com, and the discount code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K, Heater, Eric Heater. Uh, this thing, and by the way, you don't have to put this up when winter's over because it also has a great fan, so you can use it in the summer as well without the heating element engaged, and it will work to circulate great air, uh, warm you up or cool you down, depending on the season. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna tread here at the end in the controversial territory. There aren't a lot of positions in my life where I've very strongly changed positions, but I will tell you, uh, one area where I think we probably need to allow a change, and that is currently it is against the law for most financial institutions to do business with the people who grow and sell legally in certain states marijuana. Uh, and it makes financial transactions very difficult for them, and it has allowed, frankly, a black market to spring up around the legal market in terms of lending, financing, borrowing, uh, spending in general. And the Democrats in Congress, of all things, are the ones making uh, marijuana policy the, the, the good, the enemy of, of the great. It's, it's kind of odd to see this happen among Democrats who are very in favor of legalization. I think it's probably time, given the number of states that have legalized marijuana, it's still illegal at the federal level. But uh, it's probably a time to allow banks to do business with these companies, the legal businesses, uh, to stop the proliferation of the black market that's happening. But the Democrats in Congress can't decide what to do. There is a bill in Congress that has bipartisan support that would allow banks to do business with uh, companies that uh, distribute marijuana. It has bipartisan support. It would allow the states to decide for themselves what to do. And that's really about it. But Chuck Schumer and Cory Booker in the Senate want to do full legalization federally, allow the banks to do business, let everyone out of prison who has ever been convicted of a crime related to marijuana and several other major things. And the result is that they can't get anything done 
because some of them want to go for broke and some of them want to take a more reserved path forward. Uh, sometimes you got to take the small steps forward to see what happens. And I think it is time, given legalization efforts in this country, probably is time to allow banks to do business with otherwise legal businesses in states uh, where the federal government has chosen to stop prosecuting them uh, and see what happens from there before going gung-ho on this. The Democrats, however, they can't come to resolution on this, and they're the ones calling the shots. It's just very, very funny to see the Democrats be the ones who can't decide what to do on this now. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan, say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com.